Hello, hello. This is Yuri with Moving Sales Professionals and Let's Talk Moving Podcast. And with me today, I have Nate Becker with Higher Ground Moving in Bend, Oregon. And getting here today has been a real trip for Nate, no pun intended. <laughs> so, Nate, please tell me what happened. Yeah, I uh, I broke my leg last night, technically. technically. So uh, I, I compete. I don't compete anymore, but I, I was at a wrestling practice for Brazilian jiu-jitsu and, and grappling. Some of the guys were competing, so there was a, a air bravado in the room. But I was just trying to wrestle with another guy and shot in for a takedown, and he said, no, thank you. And I rolled my ankle so bad that I broke my leg. Oh, wow. Just, just a, a, I've been doing it for 10-plus years, and I've never rolled my ankle so bad that it hurt. This one hurt, hurt so bad. I dislocated it, rolled the ankle around so hard that it broke my fib, fibia, I think it's called. Yeah, fibula, yeah, fibula, fibula, something. It's not the front bone in my shin, but the back bone in my shin. And sprained, oh. the, old, sprained the ankle. And so now I'm on crutches and no cast, but I'm on a, in a boot. Ah, fun times. Yeah, it's... um. It was fun getting into my little office here to hang out with you. I have stairs and <laughs> stairs and crutches aren't the the, the yeah, don't I, I, I feel for you. Uh when my wife was pregnant, I can't remember right now if it was with my youngest or my oldest, but when she was pregnant with one of them, uh so I play hockey. Uh and uh at that time we went to to go on a roller rink and my bud decided to participate in the race. And I'm kicking everybody's butt i'm rounding like the final corner and then my leg buckles buckles underneath me and i ended up slamming my left knee hard against that oh, wooden floor no. hard and just twisted over now on the left side i showed my kid that you know what it was my daughter that she was pregnant with because my son was with me uh so i got up i i got up and i showed that you know i get up after big fall but yeah. later that night i had to go to patient first and uh, until I finally got a cortisone shot a few weeks later, like it was bad because my wife was pregnant. So, so she constantly wanted something and we live in a townhouse. So I was uh, one one hopping up the stairs, one hopping down the stairs. It is not fun when you cannot bend your knee and it hurts and it hurts badly. And and I, I tell you not when they do that cortisone shot, that needle is like this big. So like, and me, I'm the type of person, like when, if they take my blood, I like watch it like, Ooh, look at that. It's kind of dark. Cool. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, some people, it's uh, whatever they're scared of broad. I'm definitely not one of those. But when I saw the size of that needle, I'm like, I am not looking at that. Mm -mm. And that hurt. I mean, it helped afterwards, but it hurt. And then oh, the yeah. doctor looks at me and he's thinking he's being funny. He's like, you're turning green. Why is that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, if I could stick that needle up your I'd like to see what color you turn. I've had. And now for a quick message from our sponsors. For a limited time only, we have partnered with an SEO and marketing company with discounted rates for their services. Schedule an appointment via Calendly link below to learn more. Thank you. And now getting back to the podcast. My fair share of injuries for sure. And then this is pretty unexpected. I'm... Luckily, it's not during the busy season because I'm still on my trucks. Actually, we have we have three trucks. Anyway, I own Higher Ground Moving in Bend, Oregon. Um, there's really not a lot of a lot of towns around me. We're kind of right there in the high desert, in the middle of the high desert of Oregon. 
And uh, I'm normally on our trucks uh, four to five days a week. But right now it's a little bit slower and, and I just hired another another driver yesterday. So this so you're in luck for the next time. couple of weeks. Yeah. Sorry guys, can't help. <laughs> it's excuses, gonna be tough for me. I'm an active person. Put yeah. rub some rub some dirt on it. I already tried that. I'll get some new <laughs> dirt. I'll get some new dirt. <laughs> yeah, new dirt. All right. So Nate, um what why did you start a moving company? What led you to that? Pretty good question. Decision. I'll be honest with you. Um, I was working, I've worked at a few small mom and pop moving companies and they were run very poorly. We're talking my first moving company I ever worked for. The boss bought us all beers at lunch. Kind of weird. That's the culture that they, they had. And then I worked for a few other mom and pop shops before I finally worked for United van lines and that was an eye opener I got to drive for them the 53 footers and take shipments up and down the west coast that was fun but a lot of locals that's about the only thing that I haven't done on moving I definitely did ne never got a CDL or driven a tractor trailer I've done everything else I got my CDL when I was my class A CDL when I was 19 I needed it I was I had kids as well but anyway, uh, uh, I was working for United, and I didn't really like the team at United that we had. I didn't like the guys, and I thought I didn't like the way that the lady ran the company, and I thought I could do it a lot better, and I thought wrong. Uh, moving is hard. Moving is very hard. Moving the right way is hard. Moving the right way is hard. So my first year, I started business 2019 because I thought I could do it better than United Van Lines. So I was a little pig-headed. Uh, I got a rude awakening that it was very difficult to run a proper company, licensed and insured with the proper W-2 guys. So 2019 was a, a very steep learning curve full of, oh, I didn't know you had to do that. And by the time 2020 came, uh, my wife was way more involved and we were way more legitimate, legal, got our first real truck. The first whole year in business, I was renting trucks just to make sure I could do it. But by the time my wife, Rachel, got really involved, we got fully legal, fully legit, everything above board, perfect. Then I was finally able to hire a very good hire in the a lady named Ruby. She's our office manager, ops manager, jack of all trades, um, camp counselor. So the, <laughs> the biggest thing for me was being able to have the right people in place because when it was just me, it was a bit of a disaster. But once I got my wife and Ruby and the right movers in place, things have really been going swell. And now for a word from our sponsors. If you're a moving business owner, you may have already heard of Moversville, an email marketing service that helps moving companies increase, repeat, and referral business. But have you heard of Moversville Connect? Moversville Connect is an incredible resource for all things moving. They feature an array of vendors and services that cater specifically to the moving industry. You can find companies that provide moving software, moving sales services, marketing services, moving equipment providers, and much, much more. Visit Moversville.com today to learn more. All right. So 
you're you're mentioning this. So how much upfront cost did you have on day one? What did you put in? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So day one, I had a, a debit card that might have had two, three hundred dollars on it, and that's how much money I had. So I went and I rented a, a U-Haul 26 footer and I rented pads and I did my first job and made my first 500 bucks, returned it. And then I, with that money, I bought a hand truck and a couple pads and some ratchet straps, got another job the next day, rented the truck again, brought the, brought those pads and ratchet straps with my, in my personal vehicle to the U-Haul rental yard, put all that into the U-Haul did my job, made my money, did it again. <clears throat> Rents and repeated that for a week or two, not even, not even two weeks and had enough money to buy a whole, whole bunch of pads. In my opinion, I had maybe 50 moving pads that I bought from Harbor Freight and I had a second hand truck and then 10 ratchet straps and maybe some forearm forklifts. <laughs> And I was able to to service jobs. I put I put ads up on Craigslist to serve to get these jobs, and I put ads up on Craigslist to get these employees in the first year. Yeah, that's a that's a way to hustle. I always appreciate that. I mean, I started this place. I had a partner at the time, had him for the first year, and then after that, it was just me because the partner decided a year later that this was not going to work. And the moment he left, I signed like seven companies because he was honestly slowing me down. And, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, I put in five grand, he put in five grand, like I made that money over the summer, put it away. So it was like, and then I had that to put in and then mm -hmm. from there, you know, we, we got to where we are. Uh, so it was like, like the first year was rough. I mean, we still, we started in 2018, so it took a little bit, but I mean, we were, we weren't even going to open until 2019 in January. Uh, but we ended up opening in October because we had somebody that I used to work with at one of the moving companies call me and say, Hey, I'm looking for sales help. And I said, well, you got perfect timing. <laughs> and uh, he was, he ended up being our first client and, uh, that was good. And then we added a couple of more and it just kept going up from there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's professional sales are hard to find and that's what we provide. No, I, lo I love seeing you guys in your, in your shirts with your logos around, Guys, you always have, I feel like you always have a headset on every time I walk. You could be in the middle of a, a seminar and you still have a headset on for some reason, I swear. <laughs> it's I like you're not have working. a headset there. <laughs> My shirt had a headset on it, but I didn't. Maybe, have a <laughs> Maybe I'm just imagining I, I just had your logo and you so intertwined. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, you started in 2018. Well, the, I started the call center in 2000. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, I've that. been doing sales since I was like 17, 18 years old. I'm 40. I would assume you've been, yeah. I'm 40. I mean, I've been doing sales for moving companies since 2003. So it's been, it's been a while. You, know? so you made it, you made it through 2007, 2009. I was working for a moving companies. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't working for myself, but I've worked, I, I've done everything. Like I said, besides jumping on 53 for a truck. So you're talking about, you know, I went on the job physically myself. I've mm -hmm. done operation. I've done dispatch. I've done sales. I became a sales manager. Yeah, but sales was always something that I was very, very good at. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago, I'd probably tell you that I'm good at sales, but uh, I hate it. I can't well, say that. I can't say that anymore, truly, because at this point, uh, I love what I do. 
it's fun for me. I mean, honestly, just like going to events and talking to a bunch of people, it's fun for me. It's mm -hmm. natural. It's not, I don't feel like I'm bugged down at all. It's, it's, it's normal for me. And it's, it's, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's, a, it's a blast. And uh, as far as everything else goes, I mean, it's all about doing it right. It's about doing it right. It's about creating connection with people. It's, uh, it's about being creative. I mean, we, I can't talk about that enough. I talk about creativity all the time. You got to be, especially in the current situation that everybody's dealing with, with the market, with the housing. I mean, the big takeaway, and I mentioned it in one of my shorts, one big takeaway that I had, because I went to two events. I went to Arizona. I was there with you at the Luis Massaro event. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, the following week, that following Monday, I went to New York State Movers Association event on the East Coast. And uh, the takeaway from everybody is, frankly, you know, you gotta, you really gotta buckle down. You really gotta come up with things that are gonna separate you from your competition. Because at the end of the day, you'd love to keep the prices high, but the problem is, is that do you want you guys to work? Because realistically, whether you're running a call center like I am, or whether you're running a moving company, our guys are our everything. If we don't have our of people, yeah. we're not gonna have a business. Period which means that you got to keep your good people working because if they're not working, you're not going to have them. If you're not going to have them, you're not going to have a company. It's, it's yes. really, unfortunately, it's that simple. And, mm -hmm. and so you have to like step over your ego and realize that, hey, if all my competition in the area that's been around in business about as long as I have is charging X amount of dollars per hour or X amount of dollars for long distance well, or whatever, I can't be too much more than that because if I am, I'm going to lose out. Of course. Of course, well, here in the great state of Oregon, we're heavily tariffed on right. what we can't and cannot charge. Yeah, you guys are. And in, uh, in Central Oregon, there's really only two tariffs to choose from. That's the remote and the most of Oregon. There's only two tariffs to choose from, and um, that means our prices are are par with the other moving companies in town. So competing on price, luckily, is not something that any of us do. No, yeah. I mean, if you have to follow one tariff or another, you don't have a choice. So you have the same, you have basically similar pricing. So that means you need to separate yourself differently. So that means partnering maybe with a local charity of some sort or doing something or doing like Move for Hunger, which I'm a big fan of. But I'm interested in the Move for Hunger. I'm glad you brought that particular one up. I'm looking to do something similar to that. So uh, if you look, I did an episode with the owner of Move for Hunger, with Adam Lowy. Yeah. So if you yeah, just look, yeah, check out that episode. There's links in there and uh, you can reach out to them and uh, see what that what that costs, what the, how it runs and stuff like that. But I mean, in, in the... In the nutshell, what it is is they basically take uh, the people's canned food and they don't will bring it to local like food kitchens and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think it's, a vehicle it's, that could do that. Yeah, right. But I think, it, but but I mean, you you do that from the job. So mm -hmm. the, you ask him, you ask him. But the thing is, is that you can use that in your pitch when you call the when you call these people and you can say, oh, and by the way, mm -hmm. by choosing us, you yeah. get to help us fight world hunger. I'll write that one down. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, so you if you do that and your competition is not, then you're doing something different. Yeah, and that already that like if the price is not something that can separate you, mm -hmm. things like this, whether it's that or whether it's something like Habitat for Humanity or some of the other charities that are out there, you know, if it's if it separates you, it makes you different and it attracts people to you. Like 
Yeah. Like do something for a local church. Do something at a local soup kitchen or whatever. You know, help in an old folks' home. You know, do yeah. I'm sure there's always something. Of course, like there's always people that need help. There's always charities. There's always you know group homes. There's always you know. Unfortunately, there's 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 enough people out there that are homeless. There's a lot of things that that go on. You know, there's kids. Oh, there's that a lot of bad have, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of bad things in the world. So I'm sure there's like. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you're using it for your own ends as a gimmick, no question. No, but nothing. At the, but at the same time, you are doing a good thing. So mm -hmm. don't, you know, just because you're doing it as a gimmick does not mean that the cause is not worth. Uh, even even at its even as macro or as micro, doing good things feels good, and feeling good feels good. So in the end, doing good things is selfish because doing good things makes you feel good. But on that, with that in mind, I, I would love to start a a nonprofit branch of Higher Ground Moving to be able to help um, do this the food drives like you just said, or be able to help yeah. people who can't afford. Well, that's what I mean. Food. Adam Lowy used to have like, and he still does, but he started having a moving company. He's been a mm -hmm. mover for the longest time, so that's exactly what he did, basically. But yeah, I mean, uh, there's just but by even participating with some of these organizations, um, you may come up with your own idea that that's going to allow you to do what you're talking about. So that's I mean, I, I think in, in the end, whether we have money or don't have money, if we do certain things that allow this world to be a better place to a degree, even if we do something very small. But if everybody does something really small, overall, we're doing something to make this world much better place than it is at times. And, you know, times are tough. I mean, right now we got two wars going on, you know, I mean, it's not, there's no joke. There's people dying every day, innocent people. Oh, yeah. So it, it's horrible. And it's, uh, you know, with, for me, for example, I got family in both places. So I got family in Ukraine. I got family in Israel. So they're like, I'm affected on both sides. So I'm watching news feverishly every single day, reading what's going on in both places. And it's, yeah, it's not, and it's got to be hard for you because there's nothing you can do. From there's nothing I can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's nothing, and you're just like you're clenching your teeth and you're going, "Man, why isn't the government doing something?" You know, and like, I mean, obviously, my my first allegiance is definitely in my home country, which is Ukraine. So it's like that that's been killing me forever because like I'm pretty outspoken about things like that because I think it's important to hold your ground, and while somebody may not like it, frankly, I don't care. Well, if you have a platform, it'd almost be foolish not to at least. Well, I, I don't I, you know, I, I don't want to make politicize this. I don't want to make it political. But those two things are close to home to me. And uh, I feel that I do need to take a stand on it. And I do. Good. And I do. And it's not I don't use that for promotional purposes. I use it because that's the way that I feel about it. Yeah. I respect so, uh, that. But ultimately, yeah, that's where we are. So getting back to your company, because I'm not here to <laughs> I'm not here to talk about myself. I can't, but I'm not going to. I don't want to. Uh so where do you see higher ground moving going in the next five years? Oh yeah, I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> in in the next five years, I see higher ground going well, to higher ground. Yeah, going to high yeah, think this thing, uh Stevie Wonder. Yeah. It's... No, in the in the next five years, I see us starting a a, a long distance branch. We're, we're a bit mm -hmm. of an island in Bend, Oregon. There's really no no towns, no cities nearby. We have small towns, Redmond, um, and other beautiful towns, Prineville, Lapine. But they're not big towns, and, and really we service all those towns from our centralized location in Bend anyway. But So we'd like to, to be able to develop a long-distance branch from Central Oregon outward 
in the West Coast, just kind of touching the West Coast coast states, maybe as far as Arizona, mm-hmm. over, over to maybe Utah, mm. but kind of keep it in this region. That's there's what, that's a, there's something in Utah? <laughs> there is. Salt Lake. Salt Lake's a, a gosh darn beautiful. Really? Never, beautiful. Been, never been there. I've been there. I lived in California, but I haven't been too much outside of it. And it's close. Yeah. It's crazy. I live in Los Angeles, which is only like two hours away or so from uh, yeah. from Las Vegas, but I've never been to Vegas. So yeah, when, I, when I was driving for United, I got it. I got to actually appreciate Utah. I mean, I've done Salt Lake. Salt Lake's beautiful, but driving and trucking and seeing the mountains and the sunrise and sets and the the temperature changes throughout the day, and Idaho as well. Just oh my gosh! So. I'd like to yeah. expand into the into be I'd, I'd like I'd like to go on a road trip one of these days. Just maybe take my kids and just drive across the country and just see things. I think it would be neat. Well, let's do it this summer. Yeah, uh, I, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> my kids, I well maybe when they're a little bit older, but that's that. I, I it would be a neat thing to just go on a road trip and see things because there's so much to see in this country. And oh my like, god, I mean, I've been to certain places. I've been to Florida. I've been. But, you know, all over the East Coast, but haven't been to, you know, to really much of West Coast. I mean, I've been to Arizona, I've been to California, but that's really about it. Been to Houston for an interview a long time ago. A very underrated area. Don't tell your listeners this, but is the the Oregon coast. It's it's underrated. It doesn't get a, a fair rap. Um, you might have seen it on the news recently. There's a Haystack Rock, I think it's called, with there was a cougar on it. A lot of people okay. took a picture of a cougar on the ocean and a rock island. It was really, it was really neat. We have really majestic rock features along our Oregon coast. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. One of these days, I'd like to make it to Washington State and Oregon just to check it out. It would be cool one of these days to well, travel. That's a good thing about about owning a moving company. I'm not sure who's going to listen to this podcast and want to be inspired to start a moving company. Cause like I said, I started my moving company with dust bunnies in my pockets, just dust bunnies and excuses. And I turned those dust bunnies into monies. But I think I, you gotta have that determination. It's so much like, no matter- Ouch, you gotta do yeah. something, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're trying, if you're trying to, you, you gotta be motivated enough, whether it's because you're trying to change your own personal life or whether it's your family or, whatever you got to have goals and you got to do things and well, there needs to you got to be able to yeah then you got to be able to motivate yourself because honestly there's plenty of motivational speaker out there and motivational speaker can motivate you maybe for a few hours maybe for a few weeks but if you're not motivated yourself that motivation that you got from a speaker of some sort is going to run out sooner or later so you need to be able to motivate yourself I'd like to compound on that just a bit just for a second it's it's definitely one big part motivation but it's, it's another part of just writing it down, making your goal, being intentional, and then just just doing it. Even, even if it sucks, just do it. You know, it's, I mean, you don't have to be motivated. You can be, be unmotivated and still just do it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I don't know if, I, if an unmotivated person is going to just do it. They're going to they're gonna lack the, the motivation to just do it. And sometimes yeah. you just have to ride through it. And if you're not motivated, you're not going to ride through it. You're just going to give up, frankly. And makes that's sense. one thing that you can do in any business and moving right now, especially. Oh, my you know, gosh. It's tough. 
if you're if, not if someone, willing to fight for it, then you're not going to be in business very long. If someone told me they wanted to start a moving company today, I would say, wait, wait until yeah. the, the hard part's over and, and start on the on the easy side again. Yeah, but I, I, think? I think, well, I think you can start, especially if you're good with social media, because social media space is so ripe. There's this great company in UK that I like a lot. It's called Pask Removals. How do you and spell that? Pask, P-A-S-K. Okay, okay. And you can actually listen. I, I did a podcast with the guy. So, And he, he he's a soccer player, right, in UK. He plays for one of the big, either Coventry or whatever, but he's played for a bunch of teams. So if you look up Josh Pask, you'll find okay. him very, very quickly gotcha. on Google, right? So he owns a moving company. It's called Pask Removals. And social media, that's his big thing. Facebook and like things like that. Just He's just really all over it. I mean, it, it helps, of course, that people recognize him, especially in UK. You're not going to have too many people unless they're big soccer fans uh, know who he is here in the US. But uh, over there, yeah, of course they know who he, who he is. They're big soccer fans over there. It's it's a huge football world over there, right? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's taken that to the nth degree and majority, he states that, you know, majority of my clients are Facebook. I'll check it out. We do get a decent amount of clients from Facebook, and our clients from Facebook don't come directly from from me saying, "Hey, come get a, our company. We're awesome." They come from chat rooms yeah. where someone else mentions yeah. our company and saying, "You know, right." But in order it. to do that, you also got to get in those chat rooms, mm -hmm. and you got to really put that social media marketing to work. And exactly. right now, that's important. So, I mean, you can start something, but you also got to be, you got to know that you're going to be competing with with a lot of movers that feel like they're up against the you know up up against it so it's like you got to do something different that they're not doing that's going to bring you those customers not necessarily on pricing because honestly when it really comes down to it 5 10 dollar difference an hour if you're doing local moves and a good salesperson is enough for you to book jobs you don't have to be like it used to be if you start a moving company, you had to like charge 60 bucks, 70 bucks an hour, something really, really low. You don't have to do that anymore. Like being five to ten dollars off the movers that are in your area that's been around for a long time could be enough for you to get work. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you gotta yeah, yeah, you gotta right. really sell it and uh you gotta really follow up and you gotta do things that 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 separate you. And once again, like social media, it's huge. And the other big takeaway that I had from the two events that I went to is that it's 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 renter's market. Because today it makes more sense to rent a house than to buy a house. We're in a, I mean, I, obviously, like we were around in 2010 when all these houses when, uh, were on the bubble and then, then it burst. And all mm -hmm. these people lost hundreds of thousands of dollars on the homes that they bought that weren't worth the money that they bought it for. And this is the same exact thing that's happening right now. The question is, when is the bubble going to burst? Is it going to be this year? Is it going to be next year? Who knows? That that part I couldn't answer. I wish I could. Right. Then I then <laughs> I you know I, then I play the lottery or you know do something. I'm sure I'm sure there's like odds in Vegas and book, bookies about when the bubble's going to burst. I would not I, be surprised. You play Wall Street. Something. Yeah, you absolutely would if you could if you could pinpoint it like that but i mean oh, we know it's gonna happen 
but we don't know when it's going to happen. Right. So, but I, I mean, if we can survive this time and yes, I have to use the word survive. Mm -hmm. uh, if we get through this time, then whenever it does go back up, uh, when, uh, when the housing market rebounds, we're going to be in much better position and we're all going to, well, we all should all that, pay back what we lost or didn't of course, make. And anybody that, or any company that's really been able to take these slower times and these harder times and buckle down and work on their standards, mm -hmm. their procedures, their operations, their every part of their, their, their company, moving company in this part, sales company, whatever it may be, we're going to come through this way stronger. We're going to have that grandfather strength in us because we already, we've been through it. Right. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So that's definitely something that you're going to learn. And now with the slower, slower time, it's also the time to perfect your processes. It's also a time to uh, change or adjust your procedures and your policies and things like that, you know, which are reevaluate them. Yeah. Reevaluate that. Re evaluate who you're looking for. What kind of worker? What is your perfect client? What is your perfect worker? What, what do they look like? What do they sound like? How do they approach their everyday thing, whether it's, you know, it's, it's, get to know, know your you community want, really yeah. get to know your community really learn where you are and Make i need, connections. need be, you need to be serious our we have a smaller community there's a hundred thousand people who live here but we're all a closer knit community you sneeze and someone's gonna say god bless you mm. you you say something mean someone's gonna say hey i i actually know that person so you, nothing nothing goes unnoticed here so well, it's any, the same as the moving industry. It's a very small niche, on, no. and yeah, oh my gosh, things get really around is. very quickly. And I love this the the moving community. It's everyone's so open to to network together. I'm not sure if it's just the people that I keep meeting, like like you guys, but I, it feels to me like the whole moving community is 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 a very friendly community, which. I um, I would that. say that that's generally true. There are a few exceptions to the rule that I've run into. A couple but grumpy overall, gusses. Hmm? <laughs> Some, you run into a couple grumpy gusses who don't want to network and share. Or... Look, I, I think overall, we're, we're all want to get to a point realistically where there's a lot more licensed than unlicensed out there. And we uh, want to get to a point where there are people, they're moving companies and owners that genuinely care about their clients and their communities. So that some of the ones that, that look to change their name 50 billion times or not doing uh, honest work or not whatever we want those. I mean, honestly, I think everybody that's doing honest work wants those people out of the industry. Like, yeah, like course. I don't, I don't work with anybody that's not licensed and I don't work with anybody that doesn't have uh good ratings and doesn't have an intention to build a brand. I, I'm not interested in those clients, to be honest with you. And I'm, I, don't, I don't want them to call me. I'm, I'm, I respect that because I'm very, very interested in my brand and really making sure that my brand is, is, um, is being looked at how I want it to be seen. I don't, I want my guys to project the, the brand, the image, the culture every day. We, we talk about it pretty much every day on, on, on how to how to be higher ground. Yeah, culture is so important in the in any company. You want to build something that's like where it almost feels like your second family family away from home, where you feel like you know if you're falling down, somebody's gonna catch you, and you're feeling that 
uh, there are people there that the support network is there and it's just, it's just a completely different feeling. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's still a job. Yeah. It's still work, but you don't want it to, you don't want it to feel like it's the grind, you know, mm -hmm. you want it to feel like it's, you're working with people that you like that that's, you know, and if you ultimately, all of you are buying into the company culture and all of you are buying into what you're trying to build it's it's it makes it that much more fun and that much more enjoyable in general truth i believe that but I we can talk that. about that over and over and over again mm -hmm. so once again nate thank you very much for joining me on this podcast that's it's a pleasure fun, man i'm sure we'll do this again at some point and as i always say the world moves on its own so let the professionals move yours for you Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, man. Until next time. Yes, sir.